So uh, welcome to the fire, the river, whatever you want to call it. Amen? (laughs) Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Today I want to talk about some keys that the Holy Spirit revealed to me. He, he highlighted these. I mean, these, these points, these things that I'm going to talk about today. I, I was praying in tongues around the sanctuary, as you all know I do quite often. And the revelation just downloaded to me. I, I, I couldn't write fast enough as some of these points were coming to me. Now, um, so these are powerful points that we really need to meditate on, that we need to take a hold of in our Christian walk. Amen? Um, and now we need to do it not just when things get desperate in our life, right? How I many you know there's emergency mode and then there's normal procedure mode, right? I'm a pilot. There's a checklist for two things. There's normal procedures and then emergency procedures. Emergency is, okay, we're going to try everything. We, we got to do this quick, you know, before we have to land this thing in a cornfield. Amen. But we need to make this part of our normal Christian checklist. Amen. Now, remember last week I said the phrase, the Holy Spirit gave me the phrase, more revelation, more manifestation. More revelation in your life, you're going to see more manifestations of the Holy Ghost, more manifestation of the the promises of God coming into your life. Amen? So I'm trusting today, Lord, I pray right now that you would release a spirit of wisdom and revelation in this place upon every person, upon every heart. Holy Spirit, speak what I don't speak. Expand it in the hearts of the people today. In Jesus' name, the power or the message of my, or the the title of my message is this, the power of seeing and speaking. The power of seeing and, oh, someone, the Holy Ghost has been dealing with someone over here about this topic, amen? <laughs> so here we go, Genesis 1-1. You guys ready to jump into the river even more? I mean, we need to roll this thing out from the shore, right? Let's go into some deeper waters today, Genesis 1-1. There's a lot of play on words with the name of this church, I like that, all right? Genesis 1-1, it says... In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, I like this, was hovering over the face of the waters. Now jump with me to Genesis 1, 26 through 31 to take a look at here. I'm setting this thing up. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. Have we really gotten a full revelation of that? Come on, somebody. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, male and female, two genders, right? Come on, somebody. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you. It shall be for food. 
also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, I want you to notice that it says God created the heavens and the earth, and it was without form and void. Did you catch that? And then it goes on to say that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So meaning this, that he created heaven and earth, and the whole earth was filled with water to begin with. Amen? Stick with me. All the verses where God starts to shape, form, and create from verses 3 all the way uh, from verses 3 all the way through chapter 1 all start with the phrase, then God said, and let there be. You following me? And then we find out in verse 26 that we are created in the image of God. The first thing we need to know about spoken words is that they are spiritual. Words are a spiritual force. They don't, they're not natural. Words are a spiritual force. God is a spirit and he resides, he operates in the spirit realm. You know, there's a spirit realm and there's a natural realm. Natural realm, everything we see, right? Everything we feel. But don't kid yourself. There is a spirit realm around us that is more real than the natural realm. <clears throat> so we are a spirit being. We possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a physical body. We are a spirit being, and we have been made, come on, in the image of God himself. You need to understand this truth. I'm talking about the power of seeing and speaking. We're going to get to the seeing shortly. But you need to understand this. The spirit realm was existed first before the natural realm. The spirit realm existed before the natural realm. Amen? Our spoken words, listen to this. Our spoken words literally form, shape, circumstances, situations in the natural realm in our lives and in the lives of others. I want to take you back. I want to take you back now where the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. You got to follow me. I know we're going into some deeper waters here. The Holy Spirit was waiting. He was hovering. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. And he was waiting for Father God to speak words, to give him the command of what he wanted to create and what he wanted him to form. The Holy Spirit resides, if you didn't know this, he resides in the spirit realm. And he is waiting for us to speak the Word of God, in line with the Word of God, to invite Him to shape or form our very life. In fact, the life that you're living now is a... Oh, come on, somebody. The life we are living now is the fruit of what you are sowing in the spirit realm by the spiritual words that you're speaking. In Oh, oh we're going deeper. Come on, somebody. In fact... Every spiritual being in the kingdom of God, in the spirit realm, they are waiting for you to speak the word of God. They are waiting for you to employ them in your life. 
They are waiting on us to give them the command to operate, to, to have authority that will release them into a situation or a circumstance. Now listen to me. A lot of times we talk about Christians having authority through Christ, right? Absolutely. Let me throw something out there that maybe you never even thought of. Did you know that every human being on the face of this earth has authority? Whether a person is saved or not, they have authority. That authority is called this, free will. God has given free will to every person. Whether you're born again or you're not, you have an authority on this earth. See, when we talk about authority, many times all we're talking about is our authority in Christ, which is powerful. I love it. But don't kid yourself. There's authority in the other realm too. Because words are a spiritual force. Words are a spiritual seed. And you will reap what you are sowing in the spirit realm. When you speak words, you are sowing those seeds in the spirit realm. You got to understand this, whether it's good, whether it's evil, depending on what kingdom, your words are given permission to one of two kingdoms on this earth. Words are so powerful that it can break a person's heart. Are you following me? Words are so powerful that it can literally create fear or faith on the inside of you. That is just more proof to us that words are spiritual. Because faith and fear, they're spiritual. In fact, the Word of God talks about the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith. They're spiritual. Say spiritual. Both fear and faith are released and formed. Say formed. Oh, this is, this is a key word for today, ladies and gentlemen. Formed. Your words are forming something. In fact, let's talk about this side of it. Witchcraft is released and formed over a person through spoken words. Now listen to me. I'm not just talking about witches and warlocks and and all these people in the religion of witchcraft. Oh, no, 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 no. Witchcraft can be played from someone who's not involved with those things. Are you following me? Because fear and witchcraft are both spiritual. Fear, uh, witchcraft is, is... Control, any type of control over your life. So control has to come on the inside. It has to start in your thought life first. Say thought life. Words are forming something in your life. The question is, what are you forming? And that's why curses, listen, both fear and witchcraft, they are spiritual and they may, must be dealt with from a spiritual perspective. The root of those things are spiritual. And that's why, listen to me, that's why curses spoken over a person's life must be broken with spoken words as well. Oh my. Okay, here we go, guys. Let's dive in. Isaiah 54, go with me there. Whew. Isaiah 54. I'm going to show you something that maybe you've never seen about this passage before. It's a very popular one. It's a very popular one, but the Holy Spirit, just a revelation about this jumped out at me. Something very powerful. See, witchcraft can be played against you in an abusive relationship. Witchcraft can be played against you about someone from in authority. Oh, yeah, someone from a pulpit even. Are you following me? It's control we got to break that control. Amen? 
Here's the deal. Even the Holy Spirit doesn't control people. That's why it says be led by the Holy Spirit. Because even the Holy Spirit will honor the free will of mankind. In fact, God honors the free will of mankind so much that you can, if you want, you can go to hell for eternity. Are you following me, somebody? Say free will. This is powerful stuff right now. Isaiah 54, 17. Here it goes. Very popular passage, right? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. (sighs) Come on, Holy Ghost, let me get this point across very clear today. I want you to notice something very important. In this passage, it says no weapon that is formed. Say formed. Formed Formed against you shall prosper. Formed is literally talking about word curses spoken over your life that would form a weapon in the spirit realm that would manifest itself in this natural realm. Remember, when God spoke in the spirit realm during creation, it activated or gave an assignment to the Holy Spirit. He formed something in the natural realm by speaking spiritual words. Are you following me? I believe Isaiah 54, 17 is mainly talking about someone that is working witchcraft or trying to gain control over you and those words given an assignment to the demons to come into your life. Say formed. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I'm telling you right now, witchcraft is, I don't know why I'm hitting on this, I am, but it just, I gotta say it. Witchcraft is a major weapon from the enemy against Christians. And many times it goes undetected and it goes unchallenged. Witchcraft causes heaviness, depression, suicidal thoughts, suicidal tendencies, just to name a few. It's a control. It's control. Witchcraft attacks, like I said, the thought life of a person. Its goal is to control you. And it stems from releasing releasing spoken words that have demonic spirits attached to them. Words are spiritual and words are containers. Words are containing something either from the kingdom of God or from the kingdom of Satan. Now, an example of this, Jezebel. Jezebel spoke evil words about wanting to kill Elijah. Remember that? And she released a demon of fear over him that was so strong that the mighty prophet, the mighty man of God, took off running and hid in a cave after calling down fire in the presence of the prophets of Baal, the enemy. Now, I want to show you something else. Guess what? Jezebel, this this word curse that she spoke out of her mouth was so powerful, she didn't even say it herself to Elijah. He heard it from someone else, but it still contained that fear. Are you following me? Don't tell me words aren't powerful. Don't tell me words don't form something on the inside. Amen? Back to Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue, here we go. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Here's what where many Christians are missing it in this passage. Are you ready for this? Many just, how often do we just say that part? 
No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Right? How many times have we done that as a Christian? All, all the time. And, you know, that's not necessarily wrong to say that, but we're missing some instructions in here. Are you ready for this? Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Here's where many Christians miss this. The Holy Spirit is giving us instructions in this verse. It's saying this, that no weapon will formed against you will prosper if you follow the instructions that are in here. Are you following me right now? I'm telling you, here we go. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. The instructions are this, that you are to condemn the words spoken against you. We miss it. We miss that many times. Oh, Lord, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No, no, no. It says that we are to condemn. It says you shall, say you, say that's me, shall condemn it. Now, here's the deal. The instructions are that we are to come against these word curses. All right? The definition of the word condemn, it'd probably be good to know that, wouldn't it? The definition of the word condemn is this, to express complete disapproval. The only way to express complete disapproval is with your spoken words. In other words, you need to speak words. Here it is. This is what this scripture is saying right here. It says this. No weapon's going to form against you if you will show complete disapproval and come out of agreement with that word curse that was spoken over your life. And that's why in the deliverance ministry, in the inner healing ministry, emotional healing, that is exactly what emotional healing is. It's trying to get that person that they were abused when they were a kid. Parents said, you're no good. You're nothing. I never want to be with you. Yeah, you're, you're, you're stupid. All we're trying to do in the emotional healing is trying to get that person in their thought life to come out of agreement with that word that was spoken over them. You wouldn't believe how many people, it don't matter what age they are, 80s, 90s, whatever they are, they are walking around and living with word curses. No weapon formed against you shall prosper if you speak up and condemn it and have a mind change. I've I, I never seen that before, to be honest with you. That rocked my world on this whole verse. Because a lot of times, I remember in my own life, I'd say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And, and the thing's prospering. Right? No weapon formed against... What's going on here? What am I doing wrong? I never rose up and condemned, show strong disapproval against, and come out of agreement with the words. To come out of agreement with the devil's doing in your life. Come on, somebody. It is a cancellation or a disapproval of the words, those evil words that were spoken over your life. I'll tell you, deliverance ministry is easy. Casting out demons, piece of cake. You know what the hard part is? Getting that mind shift, getting a person to come out of agreement with the devil. To come out of, to break that, to show disapproval, to, to show complete disapproval with that word curse. See, daily confessions from the word of God, they are powerful because you're sowing seeds from the kingdom of God in your life. Amen. How many of you take vitamins every morning? 
Get up and start doing confessions, positive confessions from the Word of God every morning. See, we care about our physical body. How about our spirit man? Amen? I'm telling you right now, the spirit man is a spirit realm. Everything you see in the natural is a manifestation of what's happening in the spirit realm around you. So the Word of God is a seed. The Word of God is spiritual. And a seed will always manifest something. Go to Proverbs 18.21 with me. Proverbs 18.21. Come out, of, come out of agreement with that thing. Speak against it. Show disapproval of it. And then no weapon formed against you will prosper. Proverbs 18, 21. Oh, here we go. Here's another popular passage. And it says these words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So death and life, it says, are in the power of But really, you could say death and life, here it is, are in the authority of the tongue. They're in the authority of the tongue. Your words are either releasing death, they're releasing life, or they're either coming in agreement with the kingdom of God, or they're coming in agreement with the enemy. You hearing me? Death and life, health and sickness. You can just line a whole bunch of stuff up, are released by the power of the tongue. Come out of agreement with what the devil's doing in your life. Amen? All the things that the tongue releases are spiritual. Because words are spiritual. See, though, and it says, those that love it, the tongue, will eat its fruit. So the word fruit in Proverbs 18.21 is talking about this. The manifestation of your spoken words in the natural realm. Come on. This, I, I'm telling you, much of the body of Christ, we've been focusing, we've been, we've been majoring on things in the natural while we've been forsaking the Spirit. We've been forsaking a lot of the, the spiritual laws that the Word of God talks about. Amen? So if there's a problem in a person's life, all we're doing is we're, tr- we're just picking fruit. We're, we're dealing with fruit in the natural. P- right? Right? No, no, no. There's, a, there's always a spiritual root attached to this thing. Amen? Now, so you have authority or power in your tongue. People, we need to use it wisely. Go with me to Mark 16. Mark 16. Let me show you something here. Mark 16, verses 15 through 20. Oh, this is one of my favorite passages too. All of it is. But just some of them strike a chord. And this week, this one did too. So Mark 16, 15 through 20, it says, And he, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hmm. You know, <laughs> what you, the Holy Ghost just arrested me on something. I, you ever seen that thing that says, Preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. That's unscriptural. You know, we're supposed now I know what that's trying to say it's trying to say live a life that shows people you love the Lord and uh, I get it that's unscriptural we're supposed to preach we're supposed to speak why because there's power in the words that we're speaking hearts get turned people get born again I'm not saying we're not supposed to live it of course we are but you got to speak it say speak 
All right, you follow me? The Holy Ghost arrested me on that. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, here it goes, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, He was received up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. And they went every, and they went out and preached everywhere. They spoke. Say spoke. Say they used words. (laughs) The Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. The Holy Spirit said this. He said, he will confirm. He will, here it is. Here's what the word confirm means. The word confirm means establish the truth. That's what confirm means. Establish the truth. So the Holy Spirit said, if you will go out and speak it, if you will go out and preach it, I'll establish it by confirming the word you're preaching. The Holy Spirit said this. He said the miracle signs, wonders would have never happened if they never preached about it. Your preaching or spoken words about the benefits of the gospel literally gives the Holy Spirit something to confirm or to put his stamp of approval on or to establish the truth. The manifestation of something in the natural is the establishing of the truth. Come on, somebody. The manifestation of something is an establishing of the truth. You release words that are spiritual in the spirit realm, and it moves the Holy Spirit. It even moves the angels of God. It moves the kingdom of God to manifest them in the natural realm. Remember in the beginning, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters, and he was waiting for Father God to give the command what he wanted to create. What do you want to create? What do you want to form in your life? Come on, somebody. Let me give you another example of the power of our words. Another example is Zacharias and Elizabeth in the birth, the conception and the birth of John the Baptist. You remember that? The angel Gabriel visited Zacharias, come on, and Elizabeth was going to, and told him that Elizabeth is going to have a child and he was going to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember that? Look at how Zacharias responded to the angel. Go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 verses 18 through 20. I'm telling you right now, the power of speaking. There's a power in it. There is an authority in it. And it's so powerful. Look at this. This is what... Look at how Zacharias responded to the message and see what else happened. Luke 1, 18 through 20. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Here, listen to this. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you to bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute. (laughs) You will be mute and not able to speak until the, the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Now, God, listen to me, God had to literally make Zacharias mute, shut his mouth, so he would not hinder the will of God in that situation. 
Oh, my goodness. If he would have continued to give negative confessions, it would have hindered the will of God from coming to pass. Zacharias was focused on the facts in the natural, wasn't he? He was talking about the age, their age. I'm, I'm just too old. How's this going to happen? Even, even an angel didn't move him to faith. Are you, right? God, if you'll only send me an angel, I'll believe. No, you won't. An angel stood right before Zacharias and told him, your wife's going to have a child and his name's going to be John. And he starts giving all the reasons why it's not going to happen. God says, I got to shut his mouth. Zachar- Listen, Zacharias's confession came in agreement with the natural facts rather than what God was forming in the spirit realm. And it would have voided everything God was doing. If you don't think spoken words aren't important, man, you're sorely mistaken. Now let's go down to uh, Luke 1, 57. Luke 1, 57. Let's see how this thing ended up. What happened? Right? So God shut Zacharias up, right? God had to stop this guy from speaking all these negative confessions. Why? Because words are spiritual. Words are powerful. Amen? Luke 1, 57 through 56, and it says these words right here. Now Elizabeth, Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her. They rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, John the Baptist, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, there is, one, there is none among, uh, no one among you, your relatives, which is called by this name. Dead religion. Tradition. She wanted to keep tradition. God was changing things up. Come on, somebody. So they made signs to his father what he would ha- have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet, Zacharias, and, they, and wrote saying, his name is John. So they all marveled immediately. Here it is. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loose and he spoke praising God. Then fear came on all them who dwelt around and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept, kept them in their hearts saying, what kind of a child will this be that the hand of the Lord was on him? His tongue was loosed. Are you ready for this? When he came in agreement with the will of God. He had to come in agreement with the will of God and his voice came back. If spoken words don't matter, God would never have to shut Zacharias up by making him mute. Now, let's shift gears. I only got a couple pages and I'm done. Let's shift gears here. Oh, we're looking good on time. All right, great. Okay, ready? Let's shift gears. To the, uh, to the seen part of the message. So we determine, right? We determine that God created, created everything by spoken words. Amen? We determine that God is a spirit. He resides in the spirit realm. Therefore, words are spiritual. Words are a spiritual force. Now, here's what the Holy Ghost gave me more. Here we go. God didn't just randomly speak words. Do you know that? God did not just write. He had a picture of what he wanted to create on the inside before he spoke them in existence. 
God didn't come at the whole creation thing with, come on somebody, He didn't come to this creation thing with a blindfold and some darts and, oh, I, okay, well, I'm going to speak it, whatever comes forth is going to, no, 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 no. He had a picture on the inside and then He spoke it. Now listen, you need to get a revelation of this. This is powerful. God created us in His image, right? So what he used to see on the inside, he gave us the same thing. And that, my friend, is called the imagination. That is called the imagination. I, this, this topic of imagination is so neglected in the body of Christ, but it is absolutely powerful. Say imagination. Listen to the definition of the word imagination. It's, it, the definition of imagination is the faculty or action, even the world says this, of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. <laughs> I mean, did someone just feel the presence of God whack you like a wave up like I've just felt? Say Imagination. Let me say it one more time for those in the upper deck. Ready? The faculty or action of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. You know, the imagination, have you ever heard the phrase dream with God that takes place in your imagination realm? Here, let's talk a little bit about the imagination. The imagination is extremely powerful. The imagination is spiritual. It's in your spirit, man. It is a movie screen. You have control over your own imagination. Come on, somebody. You control what kingdom you're going to allow in to put pictures on that screen. You, you are the owner of your own imagination. What are you allowing to be put up on that screen of your imagination? When the, here's the deal. When the enemy attacks you, come on somebody, the first room he visits, the Holy Spirit spoke this very clearly, the first room the enemy visits when he comes to attack you is the imagination realm, the movie screen of your imagination the enemy is always trying to hijack our imagination. Come on, somebody. He's always trying to attack, hijack your imagination. He's constantly trying to do it. I mean, he'll try to do it through any means, right? He'll do it through the media. Come on. He'll try to do it through, through someone who's just trying to put some fear in you or, or whatever, right? He's, the enemy's always trying to... And this is what Joyce Meyer says, that the battlefield is what? The mind. You could say it this way and do no injustice to that title. The battlefield is your imagination. You are constantly making pictures on the inside, on the screen of your imagination. Did you know that? If I say yellow school bus, did you all see a yellow school bus on the inside? Now keep, you know, pay attention because that is your imagination realm. That is your spirit. That is how the Holy Spirit gives visions to you on the inside. The same place you just seen that yellow school bus or pink elephant. Come on, somebody. You just seen it, didn't you? Amen. See, it's a practical exercise there. Amen. 
But the Holy Spirit gave me a key, listen, that will help us tap into the anointing and the power of God in a greater dimension. Are you ready to hear this thing? I'm ready to drop this revelation bomb here. You ready for this? Words create pictures in your imagination. Do you agree? That's true for any person, whether you're born again, whether you're not, whether you go to church or you don't. Words create a picture in your mind like I just did to you. Amen? But here is where, the, where many Christians are not tapping into the fullness of the power of faith. Ready? Here it is. Instead of always letting words create pictures in your imagination by the enemy, by an evil report from a doctor, a negative situation you're going through, any situation, right, that, that's going to cause some negative picture, we need to follow the example of our Heavenly Father and Jesus. By getting a picture, here it is, the Holy Spirit said this, don't let the outside control your imagination. We need to get a picture on the inside of us that lines up with the promises of God first and then release faith-filled words. Don't let the outside always dictate what's going on in that thought life, in that imagination. He said, the Holy Spirit said, if, the, if my people will take control of it, don't let influence from the outside, you get a picture on the inside based on the Word of God. And then, once you have that picture, release faith-filled words. That's what God did at creation. Come on, somebody. That's what He did. He didn't just speak words and like, oh, okay, well, okay, I messed up here. Uh, no, no. He got a picture on the inside. And then He released those words. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. But be specific when speaking or confessing the word in a situation. See it on the inside before speaking it. This is key. And when you can see a picture in your imagination, it means, here it is, if you can see yourself walking in that blessing, it means this, that your faith or that your hope, let's start with hope because you can't have faith unless you have hope first. You have hope and it's being turned into faith. Now you see it, now you can release faith-filled words into that situation. And be specific. When you're speaking against something, be specific. Amen? Say specific. Now, when you have that picture on the inside, you took control of your thought life. You're running it. You're cutting out access to the enemy. You're cutting out access to that doctor that just gave you that evil report. Come on. You're taking control of it now. Now you see it on the inside. Now you can, what the Bible calls, decree that thing. Look at with me, my last passage, and we are out of here. Mark 11. Go to Mark 11, 22. Mark 11, 22. Now, I know there's a lot I'm saying. There's some deep stuff here, but... You can go back and listen on the website, livingwaterschapel.org, uh, or on YouTube. Amen? Some of these messages, they are deep. Go back. Listen to them. Take, take notes, right? Put it into practice. Amen? Mark 11, 22 through 24. Look at this. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Notice it doesn't say pray there. 
whatever he or she says. Now Jesus flips it to prayer. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, have faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God. If you just leave it at that, eh, right? Okay, well, okay, what does that mean? No, that literally means this. Have the God kind of faith. Did you know that? That's literally what the translation says. Have the God kind of faith. Now, that turns a whole different twist on this whole thing, right? Because now I'm saying, what is the God kind of faith? And we're supposed to have that kind of faith. It's what we've been talking about. See it on the inside and release it. Now, you were to believe it, see it, and speak it. Just how God created everything, Jesus is telling us to follow his heavenly Father's example of what true faith really is. Now, Jesus said this in this passage. He said that we can speak words to a seemingly hopeless situation in the natural realm. Right? I don't know about you, but when I read that, when you shall speak unto this mountain, he's talking about a situation that seems hopeless. That's what Jesus is saying. Amen? And he said that, you know, whatever that hopeless situation is in the natural realm, that mountain, it can literally be shifted. You can move the course of it. You can form it by the words that you speak. We can reform it with our spoken, faith-filled words. But the key is this. Notice how it says, do not doubt in your heart. Did you catch that in that verse? You know what that's talking about? You can connect that right there to the imagination and thought life. In other words, Jesus is saying this. And if you see on the inside that you're defeated, the words that you're speaking, they're not going to have any authority to move that mountain. If you're not seeing that mountain move, your command will be ineffective in the spirit realm and it will not create any change in the natural realm. And then Jesus goes on to give instructions about prayer. See, here's what I want to point out about this. Did you see how he shifted? He's talked about saying and then he shifted to prayer. See, there's a time to pray and there's a time to just say or give the command. And you need to be led by the Holy Spirit on what one to do. See, this is the importance of having a close, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because he's showing you how to attack, how to come against each specific situation. Are you following me? There's some things that you're praying about and God's saying, I didn't tell you to pray about it. I told you to speak to that thing. Use your authority. Come on, somebody. So we need to be led by the Holy Spirit on what direction to take that in. That's why the, listen, the prophetic is so powerful. You want to know why that prophetic is so powerful, the prophetic anointing? Because it's literally the Holy Spirit giving you words. Oh, come on. It's your heavenly Father birthing a word in heaven. Come on, this is what it is. He's birthing a word in heaven. He passes it on to the Holy Spirit to pass on to you. So when you're releasing a prophetic word, Come on. When you're releasing a prophetic word, you're speaking words that were birthed in heaven and they will get results. Amen? 
Then he says, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Jesus is saying at the point of praying for that situation, for that thing, you must believe that you receive the answer immediately when you prayed. And you need to see it in your spirit. You need to see it in your imagination before you pray. Come on, somebody. I wonder, how many times have we prayed? I know someone's saying, well, praying any time is fine. No, 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 no. We want to be effective in our prayer life. Come on, somebody. Don't you? Why would you want to waste time? Let's do it right. Amen? Let's do it right. All right? So that's why it's important to read and feed on the Word of God. Let's build our faith for that thing. Allow the Word of God to create that picture of victory in your imagination to take hold of that promise. So, and, and the last thing I want to talk about here is that Jesus said that when Jesus' earthly ministry... Man, I'm saying a lot today. Jesus in his earthly ministry, he said, I only do what I see my heavenly father do. Do you remember him saying that? Listen to this. Jesus did not see anything with his natural eyes. Did you know that? He was talking about his spiritual eyes and his spirit. Jesus was getting a vision in his imagination, in his spirit, man, from the Holy Spirit. How to minister to each situation specifically. He was open to the leading of the Holy Spirit to show him how to minister to every situation. The reason he said that he he only did what he saw his father do was because his heavenly father was showing him to do it through the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they're all in agreement. Do you know something? They never had one argument in their life. Can you believe that? Man, that's great, isn't it? So anything the Father's willing to do, the Holy Spirit's willing to do. Jesus is willing to do. Come on. They all have, they have different functions. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they have different functions, right? But they always agree with each other. So the point for today's message that I really want you to take home is the power of the imagination, the power of seeing and speaking. You need to see it on the inside. And then speak those words of faith. And you will see the Lord in the Holy Spirit form, shape, and and just move in a situation like never before. It's time for you to take back your imagination and fill it with the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Speak what you see. And friend, I'm telling you, that will take you higher than you've ever gone before. Church, we we need to learn how to tap in and activate the power of God on this earth. And that's what we're doing every Sunday. Amen? Let's do this. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you for the keys that you have given us today. Take us deeper. Take us deeper. We got to go deeper. How how are we going to come against what the enemy is doing without us taking full advantage of everything? The Father has for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Today's the day of salvation. Don't leave this place. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. Someone says, well, that's not faith. I say, well, that's realistic because you don't know. Are you hearing me? If you never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward. I want to pray with you to make him Lord of your life and become born again today. Maybe there's someone in here who made Jesus Lord a long time ago. But, you know, you don't know if you drop dead right now if you would even go to heaven. That's too big of a gamble. Come on down. I want to pray with you. Let's just rededicate to the Lord today. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Powerful. Jesus said you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
The only way to go deeper, you're never going to go deeper without the Holy Spirit baptism and asking Him to baptize you with your Holy Spirit. If you'd like prayer to receive, come on down. Maybe you need prayer for healing, physical, emotional, or any kind of a healing, or just prayer for a family member, anything else. I'm going to be up here and the altar call team, we're going to be up here and we're willing to pray with you guys as long as you need. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Well, hey, we're trucking forward. We're moving forward. What a wonderful service today. Amen? It's only going to get better and better. Tuesday night prayer call, 7 to 8. Join us. Go to livingwaterschapel.org. Phone number's right at the bottom. Um, Wednesday night prayer here, 7 to 8. And make sure you check out those 12 ministry teams for volunteer teams. You want to get involved? Listen, we are on the ground level of this new thing. If you want to ride with us, sign up. God bless you all. Visitors, thanks so much for coming. Have a great long weekend, everyone. Love you guys. We'll see you soon.